Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Arrow.net. It's about the conversation. It's about getting together and just sharing the story. A-R-R-O-E dot net. All right, let's do some crashing. Episode number 176 is with Brandon Francis Newman from the podcast, Not Lost. Brandon, how did you find enough time to sit down and quit running around the world? Dude, I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta flog it. Once you gotta, once you make it, you gotta sell it. But uh, no, I'm, I'm parked for now. I, I'm in between episodes. So now when, when you elect to do this, I mean, I, I would love to know where your mind is when you say, you know what, I'm taking a journey and this is where I'm going to go. You know, I've always been, you know, when I was a little kid in fourth grade, they asked, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, travel and write. And it's true story. It's in my yearbook. So I come by the wonderlust naturally. Uh, but as we get older, that becomes trickier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I came to a point in my career where a radio show I had ended, a relationship ended, and I was a little bit like, what am I going to do now? And I had this idea that I always wanted, this where I go to towns with a friend and try to get invited to someone's house for dinner. And sure enough, a company said, all right, let's try it. And uh, away I went. And then you're just propelled by like, I got to get this made and I got to do it. Don't you love that about the creative energy is that when when something pops up inside your head and heart and then and when you believe in it so much that you you make the leap, other people don't have to believe in it. But as long as you feel it, you're going to make it. Uh, I've been channeling, trying to channel that as much as I can at different points in my life. And this definitely was a labor of love. Uh, but fortunately, uh, other people, yeah, found found some value in it. And here we are, which I feel very fortunate to be here. I grew up in the state of Montana. So Bozeman, Montana is huge in my heart. And so to, to listen to that podcast about you being in Bozeman, what what do you remember most about that city? Oh, the, I mean, the fly fishing, honestly, oh not the city. God, yes. It was it was going in the periphery of the city. And I also did a wonderful hike to these waterfalls whose names I'm forgetting. Uh, just the grandeur. Look, I live in a city and I love it. Uh, but you know, my eyes, they're whole spectrums of the color palette. I don't see for weeks. You go to, uh, you go to Montana. It's all, it's true. The blues, the greens, uh, the, the tans, uh, it was so marvelous. So those are my big memories from Montana. Well, and, and the mountains are like the big buildings in New York City in the way that you see the building, but it's going to take you a long time to get to those mountains. <laughs> Absolutely. And they also are humbling. Uh, look, I find more than buildings in nature. We also go to Big Sur, California for an episode. It just really puts you in your place and your problems. It's kind of like really lets you like, hey, slow your roll. So you can't get a reservation at the restaurant. Big deal. Guess what? Mother Nature doesn't really care about your little problems because <laughs> there's so much more going on. And that that sounds like it could be uh, make you feel bad, but it actually kind of makes you feel free and, and excited that, you know, 
uh, there's just so much more going on in the world than just what's in your head. So do you walk around with an open microphone? Because, I mean, you've, you've got sights and sounds inside this podcast, Not Lost, that it's like, wow, that, that wasn't set up. That's not a script. This is some real stuff. We are rolling a lot, sometimes to the chagrin of my producers. You know, we come back with hours and hours of tape. Uh, and so, yeah, we're off. We're always rolling. We do, you know, we do, we're, we'd be irresponsible if we didn't try to find some good talkers and know what we were going to do while we're in these towns because we're visiting them for small windows, two days, three days tops. So we kind of pick up, we have some basic people we're going to communicate with, but then it's uh, just running and gunning with our microphones. So is there is there a city that you want to get into? I mean, that's like, I, I loved sitting in Carmel. And I mean, there's just something about Carmel mm. that they, everybody's mm. got a story. They're from somewhere. And really, you have to go in yeah. there as a listener. Yeah. I was just in Carmel, as I saw the last episode or penultimate episode we do in Big Sur, which is, you know, 40 minutes from Carmel, California. Uh, But I was in Carmel. I hadn't traveled for two years for COVID for the most part. The show production stopped. I was and you know why I was in Carmel? This is a true story. I was in Carmel because we landed at SFO, woke up to go to Big Sur. I realized I did not pack any underwear. (laughs) I just totally forgot. And so I'm like, where the heck? I'm in the California coastline. Where am I going to get? And I end up pulling over to Carmel. Well, let me tell you, you can't find underwear for under fifty dollars a pair in Carmel, California, man. I have I have the most expensive cashmere underwear. I'm afraid to wear it. I wore it for that trip, but now it just kind of sits there like break glass in case of uh, you know I get invited to some the Grammys or something. So with this, with this traveling, are you keeping a daily journal as well? Because I mean, the experiences that you go through and and to build these shows and these episodes. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely, I definitely keep notes. Obviously, lots is recorded, uh, sometimes even voice memos of myself. Mm-hmm. But I, I keep notes. And then I also, I, you know, I read into before I'm arriving and after I'm leaving, I am like immersing myself in books, movies, music. I playlists for each of the towns I hit. So I try to like steep myself in the local culture there. So hopefully it'll percolate as I'm, as I'm writing the episodes. Have you ever been to a city where it's like, eh, it didn't live up to where I wanted it to be? Uh, you know, it's hard. It's hard for me to say that, but maybe, maybe I'm hoping that many people from, so I go to Portland, Maine this yeah. season, lovely town. Don't want to knock it. But I always thought in the back of my head, I'm like, maybe I'll move there. You know, I live in New York. Portland seems beautiful and clean, but it still seems like it's got some bookstores and food. Yeah. And I, it was always this plan B. And it took me going there and trying to like really inhabit it. Then I realized like, you know what? This isn't this isn't really my spot. Not, not Portland's fault. It's just like it, it's not where I need to be in my life. I'm a little bit too social and. Uh, so yeah, so that Portland Maine was a, turned out a little differently than I thought. Still a great spot though. Yeah, that's that's the way I feel about Los Angeles. I mean, I was doing everything I possibly could to make my way out to L.A. And then when my daughter graduated from UCLA, like I just didn't have that vibe. It's like, okay, I like visiting this town, but I don't know if I could be in this town. Yeah, I lived I lived in L.A. for a handful of years and and moved back to New York. I'm one of the few people to go that direction. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's it's really just what you're up for, your time in your life. Your native kind of energy about things. I'm a culture vulture. Like I realize I need to be around people. That's what gives me energy. Uh, some people, they're bad. My co-host in some episodes, Danielle, yep. her battery drains. She bought a farm and she lives there. Even though she works on TV shows in LA, she would rather be, uh, you know, on her own. Would you say that part of this, the the star appeal of of your podcast, Not Lost? Are, are the real people themselves. I mean, they, they're, they've not been trained. They just they just do life. And, and, and you're there to document it. 
Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. I, I think, I mean, as, as a radio journalist for years, I've always known the best tape or the best audio is just from my Uber drivers, my cab drivers, uh, the people, you know, you talk to uh, when, when you're arriving in the town and sometimes you're talking to a fancy scientist or something and they're just giving you kind of more groomed talking points. And so this show is really about let's go immerse ourselves with local people mm -hmm. and we'll talk to them about the general stuff, but then let's really try to learn about them. And yeah, the stars in this episode, I couldn't have anticipated before I went. Yeah. Uh, they're just the, the, these certain characters that really captured the atmosphere. All right. Let's talk about the podcasting business side of it. When when you get these authentic real people uh, uh, captured on that microphone, do you have to sit there and hand them the papers? You got to sign it off. You got to sign it off. You got to give me permission to use this because I mean, it's just, it, that's one of the secrets of, of podcasting. I, I like having an open microphone, but it's always that fear of somebody's going to come back and bust my butt. Yeah, you, you have to, we do have people sign things. You also can get them in some States to speak into the microphone. You tell them like, Hey, do I have permission to use this, this, and this, mm -hmm. and they sign off that way. So yeah, that we have to, you know, this is, we're a professional operation here. We have our eyes dotted and our T's crossed, but Look, this show isn't, um, you know, I'm not an investigator trying to uncover some uh, corporate malfeasance <laughs> in these towns. I'm trying to get invited for a plate of Wiener Schnitzel at your mm -hmm. house. <laughs> so uh, I feel like people, and they can Google me and know where what I'm all about. And uh, so they, I feel like they can, they can trust this guy, even though maybe I do wear turtlenecks and do look like a city slicker at times. Do, do you like where podcasting is growing too? Because I mean, you know, like a 12 years ago when I first got into it, you know, it, it was a hobby as they kept telling me, it's just a hobby, but man, it's become a way of life for so many. I mean, I can't believe I've been a radio guy my whole life and I can't believe this whole new world opened up right next to me while my career was in the middle of it. And so I, I'm genuinely excited about it. I used to have a pod. I used to have a radio show, and I started a podcast. Back then, I had to pretend my podcast was a radio show to get yep. guests on it. Yep. They're like, "What's a podcast?" Now, by the end, when I had a radio show, I had to pretend it was a podcast to get people on. You know what I mean? Like, people are just publicists are are focused on it. I think it's neat. It's changing like anything. Uh, but look, remember when there were only three TV channels in America? Mm -hmm. Uh, and we all would watch those shows in a way there was a cohesiveness that was kind of appealing, but man, there were so many stories that weren't told. There was so much creativity that wasn't unlocked. Well, now guess what? Just like cable came to TV, podcasts have come to radio. Yeah. And I think all in all, it's a good thing. So many people they that, that want to get into podcasting, I mean, because I mean, as long as you and I both have been doing this, we still bump into people that go, yeah, I want to start a podcast, but I don't know what I want to talk about. It's like, uh, uh, what, what, find it. It's, it's, it's all there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the barrier to entry is lower than ever in that probably on anybody's computer or their phone, they can record themselves and you can probably pretty quickly go to some websites and learn how to put something together. Yeah, what differentiates you is what are you what are you hyped about? Yeah. What are you interested in? You could I tell you could do a bog, a podcast on uh standing desks and you could find your audience of people <laughs> that just want to hear about standing desks. I think that's the trick. It's not to be broad and appeal to everyone, but just to be yourself and find your own geeky kind of uh <laughs> niche that you're into. Have have listeners responded to the uh the pastry none farts? <laughs> you know what? So yes, and at the episode one Montreal, we go to this Jean Talon market, which is this beautiful farmer, old school market, not a farmer, they're just like where the food comes. And uh, yes, they trick me and they feed me these things, which I find out are called nuns farts, uh, which, which it turns out are basically nuns would make these pastries and they had leftover dough and they would just kind of throw these little things together. And that was their kind of term for them. But man, 
I am a little bit Victorian. I'm like, I don't really know if I want fart jokes on my podcast, but they're like, <laughs> like, no, you got to keep this in. Every so many people talk about it. I get texts, I get tweets, I get comments about. Yeah, the nun farts. So you know, thank you, thank you, sisters. You, you you bring up the part about you know you know being authentic and stuff like that with with it, with that radio background. Do you ever get to that point? Because I can't cuss on any of my podcasts, and I don't know if that's just the mm. radio guy in me. I just can't release the mm. words. Mm. I mean, I do cuss a little <laughs> bit, and I'm not I'm not proud of it. But it's a little bit. Look, I'm not only the host; I'm the driver. I am the producer. Like I'm I'm holding my own microphone. Like it's me and another a couple team members. But it, I am in the middle of it and just like any travel experience anyone's had you get to a point where you are beaten down (laughs) you are you are really at your last nerve and you're running late and you start to get a little salty but you know we edit it we we keep we keep in what needs to be kept in but uh yeah unfortunately i I wish it was totally totally clean what are you using for tools are you doing uh you doing a zoom because i walk out the i use the l8 when when i go out into public places because i I like to go to a panera bread and just set up shop and people watch you while you're talking to people they can't see (laughs) yeah i I do use i did for this show mostly use zooms we used an h6 we used an h2 depending on how many things we need for the fly fishing scene we use lavs because we were so far we were different parts of the river so we needed to be separate from each other uh but mostly also a shore shotgun mic um different things for different different scenarios the shotgun mic in restaurants so you can really capture people without the ambience uh so yeah we have a bunch of tools in our toolkit so when you were doing that fly fishing up there in montana i mean that that takes a a special art it also you have to learn how to move your arms and things like that so that it's it's very musical how long did it take you for you to kind of just get into that motion I, you know, we were out there for a couple hours. I feel like I was just towards the end understanding it. Mm-hmm. And I would probably have to redo it all over again. Uh, I was also being mindful of like, am I capturing the right tape? Are these conversations, you know, as you know, of as being a radio host, uh, Arrow, Arrow, it's like, am I getting the right tape yep. while I'm doing this? But b- by the end, I let myself go a little bit, like as far as like allowing myself to learn. And I got there, I'd like to think, but it's going to take a lot more practice, man. There's no fly fishing in Brooklyn. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Did you get down to the park at all? When Because I mean, there, the river's right there in the northern side of Yellowstone National Park. I mean, it's like, it's perfect for fly fishing. I, we did, this this show, we did not get to Yellowstone National Park. Years ago in my life, I was actually a waiter at Yellowstone National Park. Really? When I, was, when I dropped out of college and uh, was living a little bit on and off in a van and, and in a tent with some buddies going doing our little Jack Kerouac thing. And yeah, I took a job at, at Mammoth Hot Springs and then ended up at Old Faithful for about four months. Uh, didn't fly fish then, but definitely did some wonderful camping and out and hiking back then. Podcasting is like a renaissance of storytelling. Dolly Parton will always tell you that country music came from that that type of storytelling. Do you feel like that that this new age of storytelling is also a, a walk toward like like a renaissance period? I mean, I, I think for radio, uh, for audio, I think it is. I think a couple of things like one, the tools are. Yeah, they're smaller, they're better, and more people can do them. So I think that can't help but bring stories that weren't getting, you know, every story had to go through the, had to get greenlit because they had to go through a small funnel. Now that's wider, so better stories are coming. Mm -hmm. And then I think um, people are realizing, look, even if we end up with electric cars, like people need, like in modern life, 
there's going to be times where you need your eyes, but you don't need your ears. <laughs> and so listening is not going away. People thought radio was going to die. No way. People yeah. are always going to be commuting. They're always going to be doing dishes. They're always going to be avoiding their children. <clears throat> and so audio is here to stay. And I think lots of smart people uh, and interesting people are now participating. So yeah, I have, I have high hopes for better stories in, in sound. Do you still look at yourself as being a broadcaster? Because I, I've always had that struggle. I've had that struggle with Mark Marin. He goes, you're a podcaster. And I'm like, no, I'm a broadcaster. Don't change the rules. <laughs> uh, I find myself all the time, like, like uh, messing up saying radio instead of podcasting. First of all, radio is a way better word than podcast. Let's be honest. I've been podcasting from the beginning. It is the dumbest word. It sounds like a farming method, you know, like, Oh, I, did you podcast your back 40? Yeah, I did. Um, but so I say radio a lot. Look, there's broadcast skills that you need, but yes, technically, I guess, I guess we're podcasting, but I'm agnostic. I like, I, 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 love and listen to my local radio station yep. and would happily go on. So, uh, you know, both all, at the end of the day, all of us are, a lot of us are uh, extroverts who, who want to, who want to blab and have and share with people. And so whatever gets our voices out there, we'll take. Now, now podcasters, uh, like for instance, like I, I host 14 different podcasts because my ego won't let anything go. So you, you've got to be working on other things as well. Well, you know, I wear two hats. So I work for a company called Pushkin Industries, which is uh, Malcolm Gladwell, the writer, co-founded it. It's an audio publishing company. Mm. And I run their they, this audio originals division. And uh, so last year I did a big auto docu audio documentary about Paul Simon with Paul Simon. Uh, this year I'm working on one with Steve Martin. Oh, God. Uh, and uh, so I have, I, I'm, I'm executive producing those, so I'm not as in the weeds. But so, yeah, I'm overseeing a bunch of neat, other projects, like pro about half a dozen alongside this travel show. So those are things. And then my notebook is filled with some other ideas for uh, who knows what's to come. Yeah, because there's no program director standing in your way. It's like, hey, I'm going to do it because I can. Yeah, the good news is you can do it. The medium news is getting funding and figuring out the time and money to do it. It takes a little fancy footwork, but it can be done. <laughs> so where can people go to find out more about everything that you are? Because I mean, first of all, I, I'm blessed with the opportunity to talk to a lot of authors that travel, but it's, but it's not like your podcast because I'm hearing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that maybe the easiest way would be uh, go to notlostshow.com or .org and that'll send you to the, the pages, the, the homepage. My name is too much of a mouthful to explain here. My <laughs> website, brendanfrancisnoonam.com. Uh, no one can spell Noonam, N-E-W-N-A-M. Uh, but uh, if you Google me, you'll, you'll find you'll find stuff about what I've done and, and what I'm doing. Is there a side of your personality that would like to take a global trip, maybe to cross the borderline into Ukraine, just just to kind of touch that bit of history? Because you you are a storyteller. Uh, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. My mother is um, a Croatian. My parents are, are my mother's Croatian, and wow. so I was around during, unfortunately, the last time uh, Europe convulsed into war, and uh, had lots of friends cover that story, and then my mother, you know, provided aid in what small ways we could as a family. Uh, so I think bearing witness is critical. Yeah. Uh, and and yes, it's 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 not it's you know I sometimes feel silly like why am I I'm joking around trying to get invited to someone's house for gumbo. Meanwhile, there's real stories unfolding. I think that's part of the dehumanizing aspect of war is to try to devalue these other things that we do. And all of it is part of being a human and is important. But yeah, you know, I, I, there are great storytellers there now. 
uh, and maybe if the opportunity presented itself, I would join them in some Absolutely. way. Dude, you got to come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you. That's very generous of you. I've enjoyed this conversation. I'd love to be back. Well, you be brilliant today, okay? I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best. Thanks so much for having me on. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.